Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Snickadoodle, my my husband, I just had to. I also want to give honor to all the leaders in their rightful places. Um, Executive Pastor Dom, uh, Executive Director Vernon, Elder Brittany, Teaching Pastor OG, Mama Hill, and everyone else in your uh, your respectful places. What's up, TCF Nation? What's up, y'all? Come on, talk to me. I'm gonna need you to talk back. What's up, TCF Nation Online? Come on, enter in the chat. Come on, praise the Lord today. This is an exciting day. This is such an overwhelming, exciting day because this is the first time I've preached in front of people on Sunday. This is also a day that uh, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the beautiful mothers, mother figures, uh, soon-to-be mothers. And my husband and I just shared some amazing news today that we are expecting our first child. I knew I was going to preach last year, like later of last year, but I did not know that I was preaching on Mother's Day and I was going to be pregnant. So this is such an amazing amazing and special day and Lord, the Lord has a treat for us so um, let's just pray really quick and then we can jump right into the word <laughs> there goes our picture oh yes we're due November and I just want us to pray really quick and invite Jesus in it's such a sweet presence in this place so Lord we just come to you today just thanking you God Lord use me like you never used me before Lord touch our hearts Lord let us hear from you today Lord and once you speak, Lord, let me stop. That's it. We just want to hear from you. Lord, we just want to receive what it is that you have for us today. Have your way, Jesus. We say yes to your will. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. So here we go. Let's turn to John chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be coming from the NLT version if you want to read with me uh, word from word. And I'm a little old school. Say amen when you got it. And for those who may not have your hard Bibles today, we also have it on the screen. So we got you. We got you. All right. So here we go. So verse one says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Verse 3 says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, 
and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse five says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Six says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse seven says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And lastly, verse eight says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. Amen. Amen. All right. So I like to get in a little bit of context to explain what is happening in the text. So uh, in the previous chapter, let's, let's just kind of rewind it just for a second before we move forward. Um, in the previous chapter, which is chapter 14, Jesus is, is encouraging his disciples to not have a troubled heart. He says, let your hearts not be troubled because they were sad that he just shared with them that he was about to die and that he was about to depart from them. So he's preparing his disciples for the will of God. And so given this news, anybody would be upset. Their hearts were troubled and they were getting worried because they didn't know what to do without Jesus. However, Jesus tells them to believe in him, to trust in him regardless if they didn't understand it all right now. And Jesus reassures him, reassures his disciples that although he will die, he will rise. Although he will physically depart from them, he will still be with them through the Holy Spirit that he is leaving. And to sum it up, he tells them that you will not have to face this life alone because my Holy Spirit that I'm leaving with you will help you, will guide you into all truth, and will teach you. Amen. So now that we are here in chapter 15 where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he gives this exhortation to remain in him and abide in him in order for us to be fruitful. Amen. Now, you may be wondering, but why a grapevine? Like, what is happening here? Why did he say this? Why is he saying this to his disciples? And um, as I did research, I realized that some theologians believe, and I agree, that Jesus and his disciples had left the upper room and were heading to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as they were on their way, they probably could have passed through the temple court during the feasting period. And during this time, they would leave the, the gates open all night. So as they were passing through at that time, on the gates of the temple were clusters of gold grapevines that were the representation or a symbol of the fact that the nation of Israel is being God's vineyard. All right? And so in contrast and passing, Jesus looks at the vine and he begins to teach his disciples by stating, I am the true vine. I am the true vine and so on and so forth. Amen. Now, before I get ahead of myself, I want us to understand um, everyone's role in this example that Jesus shares in John 15. And so let's go back to verse one where Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Now, some verse, versions also say vine dresser. So what is the role of 
a vine? Why does Jesus say, I am the vine? The role of and the purpose of a vine is to feed the branches. Now, the vine roots have multiple functions, but firstly, they serve to anchor the plant to the soil. They also absorb water and the minerals necessary for vines development. And lastly, they also have a role to support the, vegeta the vegetative growth in the spring or help the grapes to produce the fruit, right? So Jesus is saying that he is the vine. So our spiritual nourishment comes from our connection with Jesus. Amen. Now, what is the role of a vine dresser? A vine dresser is a person who cultivates and prunes grape vines, okay? Vine dressers are agriculture specialists who oversee the propagation. Now, I have to look this word up. I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, so increase or spreading abroad. They also, they also oversee the planting, the pruning, and tending of grapevines in a vineyard. Their goal is to optimize the quality and abundance of grapes used in wine and food products. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus said that the Father is the vine dresser. So basically, God is the one who oversees his kingdom. He's the one who oversees his people, and he cultivates and prunes us in order that we may produce more fruit. And his goal is to optimize the quality and abundance of fruit we all produce. Lastly, and I love this, a vine dresser, after all of this work, gets to reap the fruit that he harvests. So God being the, the, the vine dresser, he gets to reap as well. The fruit that we all produce brings glory to God. And we're going we're gonna to put a pin there. We're going to come back and, and, and discuss that a little bit more. Now, Jesus mentions the vine. He mentions the vine dresser. And he mentions um, branches. Now, who are the branches? Look around, y'all. Say, I'm a branch. You're a branch. She's a branch. He's a branch. We're all branches. So we are the branches. And what is the role of a branch? Praise God. What is the role of a branch? The branch is to produce fruit. Yes, that's it. It has no life of its own, but it only lives in relationship to the vine. The purpose of the branch is to serve as a vehicle through which the vine expresses itself. Amen. However, as we found out, branches can only produce the fruit which the vine gives us. So, y'all, our productivity is dependent on our connection to Jesus. Amen. All right. So that's just a little bit of context. Understanding the role. So now let's get into the nitty gritty of the message. As I was studying, God literally illuminated four different points and different things that I'm so excited to share with you guys. And the first one is pruning is necessary for growth. It's necessary. And let's let's get into it. So let's go back to John 15, verse one through three. And let's read what Jesus says. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. 
you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So when we hear this word pruning, most of us can say that we automatically think that this is a negative word, right? And I even thought this myself until I dug a little deeper into understanding what that word actually means. This word pruning comes up a lot when you research what a vine dresser's role is. And I want to share the definition of pruning because this is something we just cannot skip over. So pruning means to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, but watch this, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Can I say that again? Just so we got it. So pruning is to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. So as we see, this isn't just, a, it's not a negative word. It's for us to grow and to be fruitful. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12, if that's all right. And we're going to read verses 10 through 11 because the Hebrew writer kind of explains this a little better than I can. All right. So come, just come with me to Hebrews. Say amen when you got it. I want to make sure we're all following along together. All right. Amen. We're good. All right. So the Hebrew writer says in verse 10, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Yes. Verse 11 says no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Amen. So let's just look into verse 10 really quick. He says, our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years. Now, I know it's, it says fathers, but in celebration of Mother's Day, we're going to say mothers, okay? We're going to include our earthly mothers, our earthly grandmothers, our earthly aunties and mother figures, all right? So they disciplined us, right? Our, our mothers disciplined us when we were doing wrong, didn't they? So we're going to include them. So let's continue. The Hebrew writer continues saying, but they were doing the best they knew how. You never really understand it until you're older, but our parents and our caretakers, our mamas, they were just doing the best they knew how to guide us in the right path. That was the purpose, to guide us in the right path, to lead us into the right path, to make sure that we're not bumping our head and to protect us, right? Okay, but some of the ways that they brought us up weren't so good. They were good. There were some things that were good, and there were some things that aren't good. But contrary to God, listen to what the Hebrew, the Hebrew writer says. He says, then the verse, the, the verse says, but God discipline is always good for us. It's always. Look to your neighbor and say, God's discipline is always good for us. So despite the difference between our parents and our, and, and our God is that we're flawed. We're limited, but God is limitless. So he knows what's good for us. So, but God's discipline is always good for us. And why is that? It's because so we might share in his holiness. He wants us to share in his holiness. Now, understand this. To be holy is to be set apart. And God wants us to be like him, to be set apart here on this earth. And TCF, we say it all the time. We didn't come here to, trans to, to conform, but we came here to what? Transform. We didn't come here to conform, but we came here to? 
Amen. So we got it. So now let's look into verse 11 again. And the Hebrew writer continues by saying, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's actually painful. So by the show of hands, who agrees with this? Come on, y'all. It's not, it's not comfortable. Come on, people in the chat, I need you to participate. Put your hands up if you can agree that discipline is not enjoyable when it's happening, that it's painful. Yes, and as we look around, we can see that we all agree. And I believe that this is the reason why we connect pruning and discipline with a negative word, with, as it being negative. However, if we keep reading, we see why God's discipline is actually good and actually necessary. The next part of the verse says, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Church, God's pruning is necessary because it produces a harvest of righteousness. It produces peace for those who are trained in it. Yes. Lastly, the question that I want to ask you guys is, if our earthly mothers disciplines us because they love us, and they want us to live right. Don't you think that our heavenly father loves us even more? Don't you think that he wants us to live righteously even more? Amen. And remember those whom he loves, he also chastises. And like Jesus says in John 15, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more. Amen. Now the next thing that I wanna share with you guys is that the fruit of the Spirit can only be produced by a relationship with Jesus. All right? I'm going to say that again. The fruit of the Spirit can only be produced by a relationship with Jesus. So let's go back to John 15, verses 1 through, um, excuse me, John 15, verses 4 through 5. All right? And so Jesus continues. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to be clear that when I'm talking about bearing fruit and living righteously, I'm not talking about performance. Yeah. I'm talking about having a genuine relationship and daily connection with Jesus Christ. And this is because God is longing for the fruit of the Spirit and not our own righteousness. He's not longing for our works. He's, he's longing for us to be connected to Jesus and the, the, the good quality of fruit that comes from the, the fruit of the Spirit. But God, the, but God is looking for the quality. He's looking for the abundance of fruit that we can only produce as we remain in Christ. And then Christ remains in us, and his Holy Spirit empowers us to produce, okay? Titus 3, verse 5 says, he saves us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's go to Galatians 2, verse 20. 
Verse 20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Y'all know it. Come on. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So as I said before, bearing fruit and living righteously is not a performance. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. A branch dies without the vine, and so will we without Jesus. But by remaining in Jesus, we can live to produce good quality and abundance of fruit. Amen. So moving on, I want to share with you another thing that God illuminated um, while I was studying, and that is that we can expect to see answered prayers as we remain in Christ. I know that's, that sounds bold, but it's the truth. And listen, listen, Jesus himself says in verse 7 of John 15, I'll make sure we all together, John 15, chapter 7, Jesus says himself, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Y'all. Y'all, there is an inevitable transformation that happens when we remain in Christ and his word remains in us. Yes, when we remain in Christ, we begin to take delight in the things of Christ. And we take delight in the will of the Lord. And when Jesus' word, words remain in us, his living, his breathing, his, his powerful word begins to transform different areas of our life, including our prayer life, right? And as we remain in Christ and his word remains in us, our prayers, our requests, our supplications unto the Lord begin to align to his, his word and his will for our lives. And y'all, as a result of our prayers aligning to his will for our lives, our prayers will be granted. And if you don't believe me, I have a couple of more scriptures that can back up what Jesus is saying. Listen, turn to Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. If y'all know it, come on, say it with me. Take delight in the Lord, and he will what? And he will what? That's right. Also, verse 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now, this is the confidence that I have in him, that if we ask anything according to his what? Amen. That he hears us. Amen. Amen. So lastly, a lot of us do, we don't express the confidence in prayer that Jesus says that we can express in chapter uh, 15 of John, and that's because we're not remaining in Christ. If we remain in Christ and his word remains in us, we will have the confidence to hold God to his word because we're praying in alignment to his word. So remember, when we remain in Christ, we can pray with expectations that our prayers will be heard and will be granted. Amen. 
All right, I told y'all I'm not going to hold y'all too long. You know, Lady O likes to talk, but this word is just so good that I just want to share it, y'all. So the last thing I want to share with you today is that your fruit reveals who you truly follow. Turn to your neighbor, say, your fruit reveals who you truly follow. Say to yourself, my fruit reveals who I truly follow. All right. So the last verse in John 15 that I want us to um, discuss today is what Jesus is saying is chapter 8. He says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. All right. Let's continue. So. Again, I got a lot of scriptures that I want to share, but in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 25, say amen when you got it. Apostle Paul shares the difference between what the Holy Spirit produces versus the results of our flesh. And I want to, I want us to read these verses so that we can better understand what Jesus means when he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. I felt like, like Apostle Paul can explain this a little better than I can. The, let the word preach itself. Amen. All right. So verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil. Excuse me, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry on your good intentions. 18, but when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, 20, idolatry, sorcery, uh, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of angers, selfish ambition, dissension, division, 21, Envy, drunkenness, parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and there is no law against these things. Amen. 24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. 25, lastly, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen. Amen. So let us go back just for a second to John 15 where Jesus says in verse 8, When you produce much fruit, 
you are my true disciple. When Jesus is saying this, Jesus is saying that your fruit is the evidence that you are truly mine, that you truly follow me. So here we are back in Galatians 5 in verse 16 and 17. Apostle Paul encourages, encourages us to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives and why. So then we won't be doing what our sinful nature craves. He basically just gave us a cheat code of how to overcome, overcome our flesh right there. But we're going to come back to that. We also see a fight going on that the, the flesh is fighting the spirit, right? The flesh wants to do evil and the spirit wants to please God. Now, what I want you to note is something that is very important that the Lord kept reminding me is that what Apostle Paul said, these are not to do and to not do lists that we're supposed to check off. That's not what he's saying. We shouldn't think what we need to do is to focus on the key points of what Apostle Paul says, which brings us back to what Jesus is saying in John 15. Now, let's let's read what Apostle Paul says in verse 19. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Let's stop right there. We're not going to read all of that stuff again. We're just going to stop right there. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Ladies and gentlemen, these are only some of the results of following our sinful nature. These aren't all of the results. And we know this because then in verse 21, he says, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So these are only some of the, of the sins that are a result of following our flesh. But the sins are not what the Lord wants us to focus on, avoiding. Following our flesh is what the Lord wants us to avoid. Amen. And why is this? Because following our flesh is the starting point that will result in everything evil and opposite of God. Now, Apostle Paul then shares the type of fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. And there is this song that my cousin taught me when I was younger. My, you know it. It goes like this. Love, joy, self-control, kindness, peace, and patience. And I got three more goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness. All the fruits I need. I know it's cheesy. But those are the fruit. But those are the fruit. Amen. Anywho, anywho, Apostle Paul continues by saying, there is no law against these things, right? And those who belong to Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So as Christ followers, we are to deny our fleshly desires and passions and remain in Christ by submitting to his Holy Spirit. That's the cheat code. And when we submit to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will empower us to overcome our flesh and to produce fruit. And as we produce the fruit of the Spirit, we are revealing who we truly follow. Lastly, 
In John 15, verse 8, Jesus says, when you produce my fruit, or when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Then he says, this brings great glory to my father. Like I mentioned earlier, when I explained the role of a vine dresser, a vine dresser, after all of this work, gets to reap the fruit that he harvests. And so does God. The fruit that we all pr produce brings glory to God. And how is this? Because after we produce, as we produce fruit, which is the evidence of the Holy Spirit, remember, it reveals who we truly follow. But this is not just to God. This is to others. This is to everyone else that's watching us, that's seeing how we respond, that's listening, that's, that we loving on. It reveals who we follow to others. All right. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, this is the last verse. I know y'all flipping, flipping, flipping. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says this better than me. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Or in NLT says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. So overall, the purpose of this message is to encourage each of you, whether you're in person or online, to remain in Christ. That is the message, is to remain in Christ, to depend on Christ and connect with Jesus daily, to embrace uh, God's pruning seasons. Why? Because it's going to help you grow, to pray boldly to the throne of grace, knowing that your prayers will be answered in Jesus' name, and to submit to the Holy Spirit so that you can produce the fruit of the Spirit, which will reveal who you truly believe, who you truly follow, bring people to Christ, and ultimately bring glory to God. Thank you for your time. Be blessed. Thank you, y'all. Praise God. Wow, I told y'all y'all was in for a treat this morning. Come on, if you were blessed by the word, come on, clap your hands, everybody. We are so proud. What an amazing job. Remain in Christ. Listen, if you don't know who Jesus is, if you don't know who Jesus is, I give you the opportunity to get to meet this man, the God of the universe, if you do not know who he is. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so in this moment, those of you who are watching online, I don't know where you're from or in person. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. The Lord says, harden not your heart. Today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Today is the day of salvation. So, Lord God, we, we, we're, we're praying for those right now who's trying to make a decision. Hey, if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, you can do that as well. Come back home. God didn't leave the situation you did. But his hands are all, all stretched 
open for you. You don't got to continue to be out there. He's, he, don't listen to the lie of the enemy. He's here. And for those of you who you want to make TCF your home, you can do that as well. You can become a partner. I would love to be your pastor. But I'm more concerned about you being connected with Jesus beyond anything else. Because at the end of the day, it is not a church that makes a person saved. It is you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we pray, pray this prayer after me if, you, if, you, if you're trying to make your decision today. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. I ask you right now in this moment that I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried, that you rose again, and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father just for me. And God, I want to make you the Lord over my life today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.